welcome to the Black and Blue Podcast, where we talk about the experiences of being a Black African-American male and a peace officer. Each week, listen to the personal stories, topics, and discussions about this duality. I will share my personal experiences, along with having periodic guests. Whether you want to learn more about this, understand it better, or just want to listen as a therapy session, I welcome you, and this is the podcast for you. Welcome to another episode of Black and Blue Podcast. I'm your host, Alfred. Welcome back to another season. Uh, today, we're going to talk about uh, a conversation I had with a friend a few days ago. Uh, we were talking about uh, the state of uh, Black America in relation to law enforcement. And of course, the many uh, recent uh, incidents that have been occurring uh, lately and of course, you know, the past few years. And we were talking about it and he mentioned that he has a friend that's, you know, recently joined a law enforcement agency. I won't name the agency. And they've been on the job for three years. And he was saying it was just interesting, his take on the uh, various situations that he brought up, you know, including the Breonna Taylor, the George Floyds. Uh, and he said it was just interesting, his take on it, you know, being that he's, you know, in law enforcement now and he's three years on the job. You know, we had a good conversation. I was just basically telling him, when you when you're fresh into law enforcement, you know you're very impressionable, right? And even though he's wanting to do a good job, you know, in his profession, and to do it to the best of his ability, you know, he he's still stained with biases, you know, his own biases as well as the biases from and biases from the people that have trained him or his coworkers and colleagues around him. Right. So let's break that down. Right. Um, those biases, those those are the thoughts or feelings about people that we are unaware of and can influence our own and others actions. And these biases, it can make it difficult uh, for us to act fairly and respectfully. It can lead us to behave in ways that do not inspire trust and biases. They pose a real threat to uh, justice. And in the policing context, it poses a threat to the police you know, legitimacy. Uh, within the community. And people may say, you know, they don't have a bias, um, but every, everyone has a bias, you know, whether they want to admit it or not. And, and biases, bias is a normal, a normal thing. It's a, it's a normal function. Uh, it helps us operate and function the world. Um, but you just have to be aware that uh, biases can also have negative consequences. So these thoughts are feelings that we have about people um, that we are unaware of uh, and that can influence our own actions just be aware that these feelings that we have about a social group, you know, that is, that is the prejudice. The beliefs that we have about the social group, that's the stereotypes. And the stereotypes, you know, that we, that we see or hear, those are handed, you know, to us by society. And just for instance, you know, in, in many ways across many occasions, no matter what, uh, we are taught that, you know, white equals innocent, black equals criminal, Asian equals smart, Latino equals illegal. And these feelings and beliefs are the building blocks uh, for this, this bias, this implicit bias. Biases is the result of the everyday strategies that we use to try to make sense of all the people, objects, and the events, you know, that surrounds us in this world. And I want to talk to you about the Black Crime Association uh, as an example of this implicit bias. One of the strongest stereotypes in the American society is the association of African-Americans with violence and crime. You know, in this days, this days back centuries, you know, it has been the subject of scholarship and scientific studies 
since the early 1940s. And it is the association that in many respects is at the heart of police community tension in this country right now. So going into the, the Black Crime Association, uh, Blacks are so associated with crime that the, just the mere presence of a Black face can cause people to see you know, weapons better. Uh, this association is so strong that it can determine which objects we see in the world and which objects we don't. So this, this study they did, they were demonstrating face priming. And in the first task, these participants saw a focus dot appear at the center of the computer screen. Then they saw flashes of light around the focus dot. These, fa these flashes were actually faces of young men that were appearing on the screen, but they were appearing at such a rapid rate that the participants could not consciously detect them. And using this procedure, uh, the participants were either exposed to an entire series of black male faces, an entire series of white male faces, or no faces at all. In this particular method, they, they uh, label it as subliminal priming procedure. After this uh, subliminal priming procedure, the participants, after this subliminal priming procedure, the participants were asked to perform a supposed relatively ob object recognition task. And for this task, the participants were presented with a series of objects that were severely degraded. Uh, so it was hard to see them. These objects appeared on the computer screen one at a time, and each object was slowly brought into focus, right? So it went from basically a distorted image to where you couldn't really see it to a few seconds later, it got a little bit more distinct, distinct to where you actually was able to see the full focus of this particular image. The participants' goal was to indicate with a button push at the point at which they was able to recognize each object. Some of these objects were crime-related, are crime relevant, such as guns and knives. And so they did these to these to these groups. And to summarize their experiment with this Black Crime Association, participants were exposed to a series of Black faces, like I stated. Some were exposed to white male faces and some not, none at all. Then they all performed this object recognition task on both crime relevant and crime irrelevant objects. The conductors of this experiment hypothesized that Participants primed with the black faces would be faster to, de to detect the crime-relevant objects. So after exposure of the black male faces, participants needed a lot less information to recognize a crime-relevant object, meaning they can detect the crime-relevant object in fewer frames. So they were faster to identify those crime-related objects after being exposed to those black male faces. And it was the exact opposite effect with exposure to the white faces. Participants needed more frames to detect a crime-relevant object. So when they were primed with the white faces, white male faces only, it took them, you know, longer to detect a crime-relevant object, you know, such as a gun, a knife, or whatever weapon that they used in that study. The study showed that exposure to black faces facilitated detection in crime-relevant objects, meaning it made it easier to detect crime objects, whereas exposure to white faces inhibited or made it harder to detect the crime-relevant object. And this particular study was conducted, conducted with both white and non-white students. They found that the race of the study participants didn't matter. The pattern of results is the same regardless of the participant's race. So it didn't matter the person being exposed to this study. It didn't matter their race because the, 
what they found out is that the results were still the same. And so with this study of the, you know, Black Crime Association, uh, I wanted to give you guys a little history in regards to that uh, to lay the foundation for this this uh, episode today. Okay, so let's start off by asking myself, uh, do I feel that I have any biases? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely, I have uh, biases. And I'll give you an example. If I have worked in a particular area of the city and I know the demographics and the makeup of this particular community, if I was to get a call uh, to respond to that particular community, that particular neighborhood, and I know its population, uh, let's say, for example, this particular community I know is um, occupied predominantly by Blacks and Hispanics. So if I get a call to this particular neighborhood uh, or community uh, and, you know, and it's, I get a vague description of someone, let's just say uh, a male with a weapon, automatically I'm going to assume because I know this particular neighborhood that that male with a weapon is either going to be a black male or a Hispanic male, right? And so that's a bias I have because I know uh, working in that community and going to that neighborhood uh, that that is who I should expect uh, to be that particular individual that I'm looking for, right? Uh, and we and we all have these uh, different biases uh, based on our experiences, uh, where we work, and different areas of the cities that we may may go into. Do I feel that I have uh, implicit bias? And let's go over the definition of implicit bias. Uh, implicit bias can be defined as the thoughts or feelings about people that we are unaware of and can influence our own and others' actions. Uh, do I have uh, or do I feel that I have an implicit biases? Uh, I would say yes, just because I recognize that I do have biases. And I know that subconsciously that some of the my experiences that I have had and I know that through my experiences, uh, subconsciously, I would have thoughts uh, and feelings about certain groups or certain neighborhoods, et cetera. Do I feel that the biases affect the way I do my job? It can. Uh, biases definitely can affect the way I do my job. But because I recognize these biases and I understand that I do have these biases, I, t I tend to to not allow them to negatively affect the way I do my job. Uh, and, and I do that just by basically uh, treating everyone with respect, uh, talking to them just like I'm uh, talking to you guys right now and just having a conversation with them, right? Uh, I, don't, I don't use my badge to flex uh, my authority in any way. And I just have, like I said, just have a conversation with them and just talk, talking to them, you know, just like I'm talking to you guys. Uh, so no, I don't think it it does affect the way I do my job. Do do I feel that many of the shootings and deaths of the black men and women that we've seen over the years were due to the biases the officers had? In my opinion, I would say yes. I think um, it did have some something to do with the biases they had in regards to who they were dealing with. Uh, the area they were dealing with, the neighborhood they were dealing with, and what they, you know, got over the radio uh, going to that call. And I think it, it does affect uh, how 
an individual reacts to a situation uh, based on an individual's uh, biases, uh, based on their experiences, um, based on you know how they how they grew up and what they were taught. Uh, so it's definitely a lot of factors. It's more than just uh, individual's bias. Is there is there a way we can overcome our biases uh, to effectively do our job? You know that's that's a hard question because in, in, an individual has to be willing to first uh, recognize that that they do have a bias, right? Because if you if you don't recognize that you have biases, or you continue to say that you don't have no bias, then nothing will ever get accomplished. You know, you you won't be able to move forward in regards to uh, you having a bias. So first you have to recognize it. And I think second, you have to uh, get continued education or or go to, you know, a workshop or a class in regards to implicit bias to understand, you know, where this uh, concept is coming from and, and learning about it. So that way you are able to better deal with it when a situation arises or you can reflect on how you uh, interact with with certain people uh, based on the knowledge that you have received. So that way you can effectively understand uh, the biases that that you have. So I think one, you just have to uh, recognize and understand that, you know, we all have biases. It's just a part of human nature. And then to get uh, educated in regards to that. uh, So that way you can, you can grow uh, and you can uh, be more effective. And and just like it was stated in a lot of the uh, season one podcasts is that individuals have to get out and, you know, go into these communities and, and have conversations with people, you know, understand the, the people that you are working for, right? Uh, understand the neighborhoods, understand the dynamics, understand the individuals there, uh, understand the different nuances that goes on in that neighborhood. Understand, you know, that, you know, just because someone may be hanging out, you know, at the corner store doesn't necessarily mean, you know, they're up to no good. It's just, that's just the way of life for, you know, some people in that particular neighborhood. So just getting to, to understand them, you know, doing, doing a lot of that community policing in those areas uh, that you're working. And I think that, that, that definitely goes a long way. Uh, because when you do have to respond uh, to that neighborhood or uh, respond to that individual that you may have had a conversation with, uh, that interaction is going to be a little different uh, because you're, you're understanding them, you know them. And I think that's just something uh, everybody should strive to do is to, to get out there and, and uh, understand the community, uh, talk to people. Uh, and just be a presence. Let them know that, you know, you're there to serve them, you know, and um, and that despite what was going on in the media, despite what they may have, you know, heard about police, peace officers, that that you are not, you know, that stereotypical officer that's being portrayed in that negative light. Uh, so, yeah, let's, so let's continue to to educate ourselves, continue to get out there and speak to, you know, the members of the community to get to know them, uh, to understand the dynamics and the nuances of the communities. Uh, so that way we can become better at what we do and be more effective. Again, uh, this has been another episode of Black and Blue Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to the Black and Blue Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Okieffa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Visit www.okieffashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okieffa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock.